This is a Broad Pods production. Funny for a woman. Hey, fellow broads. Okay, it's time for a good laugh, so get ready to hear some of the funniest gals in the game who make us cry with laughter, gasp with familiarity, and remind us that life doesn't have to be serious all the time. So sit back, grab a snack, and maybe duck to the loo now because, well, you know... Hi there, it's Joe Stanley here with co-host Winnetha Bonnie, and we're bringing you someone who I reckon epitomises funny for a woman. She's the queen of one-liners, the master of lethal quips, and a writer who's redefined the genre of chick lit as women who don't give a fuck lit. <laughs> Introducing the fabulously funny writer Kathy Lett. You know, I have to say one of the bios that I read for our next guest described her as an outspoken comedy writer and I've got to say that my favourite kinds of women are outspoken so (laughs) she is a worldwide bestseller and uh, has been a writer pretty much her entire life started at 17 how amazing welcome Kathy Lett hello hello I am abroad too so I'm so happy to be you know having girl talk isn't that funny around the word broad I've had a few people Maybe an older generation of women who've been quite offended by that word. Oh no, no! Broad was always a was always an accolade. I mean, you know, it's Bette Davis and it's Barbara Stanwyck and it's Catherine Hepburn and it's women who can shoot from the lip with a lethal one-liner. Because <laughs> even though men are f- physically stronger than than women, obviously, we do have this other great skill: is that we're verbally dexterous. We use, on average, about. 350 more words in our daily vocabulary than men do. So I call it the black belt and tongue foo. And, you know, if... if, I love it. Yeah, and if a man is bullying you in some way, if you can belittle him with a good good, um, quip and give him kind of quiplash and people laugh at him, you take away all of his power. So it's a skill that women should, you know, we should work on. I always say to girls when they're going out at night, you know, they're all dressed up, but they're underdressed unless they have a couple of really good one-liners tucked up their trouser leg. That is, you are the queen That's of one-liners, I have to say, Cathy. <laughs> reading, reading your books, and I love your latest book, and I'll get you to um, talk about it in just a moment, but I imagine your writing process because you just have one-liner mm. after one-liner. And, <laughs> you know, you hear about writers and how it's a real toil to produce a book but I hope that yours is a lot more energetic and you know you're laughing at your own jokes as you're writing them is that a bad thing to say that I laugh at my own jokes I I do I hope you do you deserve to I try to amuse myself you know because when you're writing a novel you're sitting alone you know years and so if you don't if you don't if you don't make it fun I, I don't see the point of doing anything that's not a little bit fun Mm. Um, and of course, I only write because it's cheaper than therapy. So <laughs> otherwise, I'd be paying some guy in Couch Canyon, making him laugh and paying for the pleasure. So, yeah. <laughs> and I think if I have any gift at all as a writer, it's um, putting into words what women are thinking, but not necessarily saying out loud. And also writing down the way women talk when there's no men around, because women are funny. It's a coping strategy for us you know <clears throat> when you go on a girl's night out you have to be hospitalized from hilarity and our humor is quite different to male humor like my male friends are very funny but they tend to, to sort of tell set jokes 
Whereas women never do that. When we get together, we strip off to our emotional underwear in about 3.6 seconds. And it's a psychological striptease that reveals all. It's very candid. It's very cathartic. It's very self-deprecating. Um, and it's just hilarious. And I don't know why some men continue to say that women aren't funny. And I'm published in about 17 languages now, so I've been on a lot of book tours around the world. And invariably, some male journalists will say to me, oh, you know, you say you write funny books, but women aren't funny. And I think, why oh. do some men still say that? Like every time you watch a TV comedy panel show, there'll be all the blokes and one token female. Like we're up, we're up shit creek without a panel. We need mm -hmm. our own show. <laughs> but I also think that some men are just terrified what it is women are being funny about. I think they presume we spend the entire time talking about the length of their members, you know, which is not true because we also talk about the width, you know, which after <laughs> is much, much more important. And it's not just me imagining that women are funny. Anthropologists say that women in all cultures on the planet laugh more often than men, especially in all female groups. So I think it's a strategy for coping, you know. If you can, when you laugh at something, it's like strapping a giant shock absorber to your brain. Um, and, and you just know, just knowing you're not alone, just being able to share that experience with others and laugh about it. Um, is a way that we we survive the patriarchy, I think. Mm. And and just on that note, I'd really love for you to um, talk a little bit about your new book. And you mentioned that you, with the writing process, it's about um, making it fun. So I'd love to hear in the process of writing this new book, what are some of the fun things right. that you did? Oh, okay. Well, I, I have to wait and see. I'm building. I have to see what I'm building up ahead of steam about. And what was making me furious is now at the moment is ageism, uh -huh. mm -hmm. because I think women suffer from facial prejudice. We get judged on our looks in a way that men don't. You know, men my age are described as a silver fox or a man of experience, mm. whereas I'm dismissed as an old hag, an old bag, and a chook. <laughs> you know, I get put out to sexual pasture when I think I'm kind of in my. 63, as I prefer to call it. 63. Um, and, and, you know, you never hear a man described as mutton dressed as ram, do you, ever? It's just women constantly judged for how wrinkly we are, how you can, I'm not supposed to be able to wear, sh I, I have to cover my arms, I have to cover my chest, I can't wear a miniskirt. I mean, it's like, it's like living under the Taliban. I mean, why? So I'm, I was exercised about all of that and I wanted to invent a new genre too because when I, when I was younger, I kind of invented... Chick lit. I hate that term, don't you? I mean, it's yeah. so demeaning. Let's call it clit lit, at least, you know. <laughs> sure. But I sort of invented that with Puberty Blues and Girls Night Out and Llama Parlor. Yeah, there we are. Oh, my yeah. God. Look, look at, at you. You're beautiful. That's uh, you well, with your co-writer of Puberty yeah. Blues. But look That's at you, right. fresh-faced 17-year-old Kathy. <laughs> and then, then I kind of invented Mummy Lit with Fetal Attraction and Mad Cows and Nip Lit with Nip and Tuck. But I thought, what is... The genre for women my age now, whenever I read a book about a woman who's in her 60s, she, she invariably wilts away with loneliness and, and <laughs> dies of despair in some little flat and gets eaten by her cats. Now, I don't know any women like that. All no. the women I know, my friends, are funny, feisty, fabulous, frank. They're swinging off a chandelier with a toy boy between their teeth. But I never see that reflected in literature. So I've come up with a new genre. Yes. A new genre for women of my age called I Don't Give a Shit Lit. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It's fantastic. I know. <laughs> right? So, I mean, the way this new so the way this new book begins is that Gwen, who's 60 in her 60s, she's a teacher. She's driving to school and she hears on the radio 
that a man's been taken by a great white shark. And she knows it's where her husband swims every day. So she rushes to the beach and as she just she realizes it is her husband who's missing. And just as she's sort of starting to grieve, another woman arrives, 50-year-old jazz singer, Tish, on a motorbike, and she thinks it's her husband. So they very quickly realize they're married to a bigamist and he's got all of their money. So it then becomes an odd couple comedy where they buddy up to chase their money around the world. And, I mean, I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to celebrate female friendship because I think women are each other's human wonder bras, uplifting, supportive, and making each other look bigger and better. I mean, you two are each other's human wonder bras already Yes, on day one. It's you know? true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And so I really wanted to big up female friendship. I also wanted to write something really funny because have we ever needed a laugh more? Two years of yeah. pandemic, you know, and the floods and now rootin' tootin' shootin' pootin' with his finger on the nuclear trigger. I mean, they say laughter's the best medicine. It's about the only medicine we've really got right now. So I want it to be funny. And I also wanted to take my readers on an adventure because we haven't been able to travel. And because I have a, a travel column in the British papers called Adventure Before Dementia, carpe the hell out of DM, <laughs> I have been to a lot of amazing places. You know, I've climbed a volcano in Iceland and I've hot air ballooned over the Serengeti. And I thought, how lovely if I can take my readers with me, like armchair adventure. Mm. And I wanted to address this ageism t- topic because, the, I mean, you girls are too young to know, but, what, okay, I think for women life is in two acts. The trick is surviving the interval, which is the menopause, which mm. is awful. You know, you sweat so much it's like the Gestapo's trying to get a confession out of you. But on the other side of that, I think it's the best time of a woman's life, I promise you. You know, first of all, um, no period cramps, no pregnancy scares. Your kids are older, so you can kind of cut the psychological umbilical cord. And now with the rocket fuel of HRT, we've got energy and 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 sass and we and the other thing that happens as you age for women is that your estrogen goes down and your testosterone comes up mm. so you get a little bit more bolshy a little <laughs> bit more selfish a little bit more like a bloke basically <laughs> and of course what happens to men is the opposite as they age their testosterone comes down and their estrogen comes up which is why you know they start crying in the movies and stuff like that <laughs> but it's a real I know. It's a real problem in, in, in society. Like the majority of divorces now are initiated by women mm. and the two peak times is when the last child finishes school and when the husband retires. Because, you know, first of all, marriages last so long. You know, from honeymoon to tomb can be like 70 mm. to 80 years, which mm. is a long time to find, for someone to find your anecdotes interesting. <laughs> um, and, 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 and also we want different things. So women... You know, men often when they retire, they're like, oh, I just want to stay at home and nest. And women are like, I've nested. I've butted 4,000 acres of toast. You know, I've cooked 4 million flocks of chickens and schools of salmon. I just want to climb Everest and go down the Amazon. So there is a real dichotomy in what older um, Australians want, which is something we haven't really addressed. Mm. But what I say in my novels, what I'm saying particularly in HRT, Husband Replacement Therapy, and this one, um, till death or little light maiming, do us part. I'm saying to women, have a great second act. Yes. Go forth and be fabulous and don't feel guilty about it. Don't let your guilt gland throb because, you know, mothers have paid our dues. <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, my God. You are Kathy. allowed to put yourself first for the yes. first time in your life. Oh, Kathy. So that's really my message. 
You're saying so many things very articulately that all of us have felt and wanted to say in many different ways. I, I agree. I've said it. It seems to be a common theme. and I've said it many times on broad radio that as I turn 50 this year, I really have developed my I don't give a shit muscle mm, um, and right. it's getting stronger and stronger. I didn't realise maybe it's go, it coincides with more testosterone. I love this theory. Yeah. But yeah. Um, tell us, uh, you know, have you got survival tips for menopause um drink a lot of uh, chardonnay and eat a lot of <laughs> they always say oh you shouldn't do that during the menopause have you but have you ever needed chardonnay and chocolate more <laughs> you know you're in hormonal upheaval i mean i always think all the all the things women go through you know we we've got a lot to whinge about although we don't whinge much i mean my only motto is laugh and the world laughs with you cry and you get salt and champers but you know we still don't have equal pay plus we're getting concussion hitting our, hitting our head on the glass ceiling and we're supposed to clean it while we're up there um you know and then we've got the second glass ceiling at home in in that women even though we make up 50% of the workforce are still doing about 99.9% of all the housework and childcare. And then we're also the butt of God's biological joke. Because mm. you think of all the things we go through from when you're a teenager and you first get taken hostage by your hormones once a month. And then there's pregnancy where everything swells to sumo wrestler proportions. Then there's childbirth where you stretch your birth canal the customary what? Five kilometres? Six? <laughs> then there's that, yes. mastitis. Then there's the menopause. And then just when everything goes quiet, do you know what happens? I better tell you now. Oh. You grow a beard. Oh, my God, I'm already there. <laughs> right? I could make a macrame hanging basket arrangement. I'm like, why? Why? So, I mean, yeah, I think the best way to get through the menopause besides, you know, Chardonnay and champagne and chocolate is to laugh with your girlfriends mm. and just... Mm. See your, see your human wonder bras as much as possible. Go out, cackle like kookaburras and, you know, and if you need to get a husbandectomy, don't put it off. Just do it. You know, you, you, you can have a brilliant second act and all our lives we're brought up as women to be decorative and demure, you know, especially in my generation. We were like human handbags draped over the arm of some, you know, surfy god. And I don't think women really come into their true selves until they're postmenopause and they're no longer, you know, in, in mummy mode and being constantly, you know, trying to make everyone's lives better. And it's, and it's a joy to see your true nature coming to the fore. So, yes, I said earlier, just go forth and be fabulous. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we will. Thank you so much, Cathy. I really loved the book. I loved that it's two women who are polar opposites who kind of get forced <laughs> together and end up really seeing just the, the, the joy in each other, which I think is so true in female friendships that you just go, oh, we're so different, but we're so... <laughs> together as yeah. well human wonder yeah. bras as we are for each other do head out and and get the book and also check out kathy's back catalog which is mm. unbelievable <laughs> absolutely um, oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um so kathy thank you so much for joining us and for your oh, incredible stirring words it's what we needed today yeah oh it's a pleasure i'm sorry i took i talked too much i've had i've had two coffees so i'm a little bit like they don't call me the mouth from the south for nothing what can i say <laughs> No. <laughs> How do you go in the UK? I know that you've been living there for a long time. Do they still regard you as Australian? Oh, yes, but you can get away with a lot. I spend, I'm spending about six months in each hemisphere now, six months at home, six months there. But you can get away with a lot there because um, they just think she couldn't help it. So I'm incredibly <laughs> irreverent. 
irreverent and rude and stir things up constantly. <laughs> and they haven't put me in the tower yet, so. <laughs> but they, it's going well. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much, oh, Kathy Led. It was an absolute joy. Thank you. Lots Thank you for the laughter. Show. Love being abroad, and you know, here's to here's to swinging off a chandelier together with a cocktail between our two. Oh my God! Absolutely, <laughs> I am there. Yes, let's do it together. Thanks, Kathy. You take care. Bye.